very well. Thank, Thank you. you. I've seen worse. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome to Startup Sweden's Survival Guide. And I have the honor of welcoming some crisis communications and some communications experts. So thank you for coming, Kristina Nilsson, uh, VP Communications Voy. And welcome, Anders Wedderstrand, uh, expert of crisis communications at Vestander PR. Thank you. Young companies, startups, technology companies that are struggling with building a business anyway, and now with COVID-19 have a, a new layer of uncertainty, crisis, existential as well as practical and financial. Christina, let's start with you. From Voice point of view and uh, from a communications point of view, how do you deal with a crisis? I mean, uh, thanks, thanks for being here. And I think uh, if you look at Voy as a startup, it's uh, well shy of two years. In May, it will have been around for two years. So I think, of course, this is new from a communications point of view. I think one of the most important things really is to have a strong vision. That's really is the glue for a company for a strong corporate identity that also helps you ride the storm. We have cities for living, and it's something we're all very passionate about. We were we are and we will be also in the future and that really helps. So my advice also to start up is make sure you have a strong vision identity because that then in the moment when things become a bit insecure or shaky, you have something that always uh, kind of binds you together. And I assume at the same time you need to be quite both resilient and adaptable. Mm -hmm. So there's something that stays mm -hmm. and something that needs yep. to be flexible. Correct. Totally and dare to make bold decisions make them fast we already back uh, well, early march made some uh, preventive decisions decided to pause but in parallel also decided we have well in nordics 25000 scooters at that point in storage we've kind of relaunched in some cities since so how can we help essential workers so we went out, used our network, did we are doing delivery services, we're helping out hospitals. Uh, we're also seeing that patterns are changing how people are moving. So don't be afraid to make decisions, because I think if you don't, you run the risk of para you know, paralysis. Yeah. It's not good for anybody. To break that down, to give us an insight what that looks like, because one thing is to say, mm. let's take bold decisions. Mm. Um, how does that look? In practice, mm. when you're in quarantine, mm. um, how do you has the decision-making mm. process changed in any way for we, this decision? I mean, I think the beauty of being a startup is that you're used to a bit of uncertainty. You're agile. You are quick. You have to be. You've got to pounce on opportunities. So that way, it's not different. We also have kind of more. We have a mix of young and older people. So I think there it helped to take business decisions, but then also quickly communicate that. We have over 5 million users, so we communicate to them. We also use our own channels to communicate about upcoming changes and be transparent. And if you don't always know it, you don't know it. That's fine too. But that's huge. Mm. If you don't know it, you don't know it. Mm. And owning that mm. is demands quite a lot of maturity. Yeah. No, I think it, it's true. And also, Right from the start, we had a few scenarios and then quickly became clear, well, this is a pandemic. As I said, this is uh, uncharted ground. But then you also need to stick back to your vision. This is what we stand for and this is what we do. And we have certain steps in the process. Fascinating. Anders, from your point mm -hmm. of view, th the statement, if you don't know it, you don't know it. How do you use that when you work with your clients? Because I assume you 
need to have some sort of protocol. This is how to deal with a, a communications crisis. Right. Well, that's one of the very good reasons that, that we uh, that makes us talk about the importance of a crisis communication plan. Um, because just like Christina said, the, the core values, uh, they shouldn't change. They should be the glue that binds you together. Uh, and you don't want to be standing in the middle of a burning crisis and discuss, mm, who are we? What do we stand for? What's our core belief, right? So that's part of developing that plan uh, to really have something to, to stand on um, and to use that and uh, develop a plan that is a real living document instead of something that you, you don't really know where to find it. It's kind of dusty. It's on a shelf somewhere. Who knows, who knows what the plan is? We'll ask her. She might know. That's what you really don't, uh, what you really don't want when the crisis hits because it can come really, like we've seen, out of nowhere and really, really fast and really surprising. And it can be something that you aren't able to plan for. Well, all the more reason to plan for what you can actually put into a plan. You know, uh, who are the key functionaries? Can we reach them even though they may not be at the office in their usual office square? Um, all these things, who are the main stakeholders? We don't have time to figure that out when we're in the middle of the storm. You can't. You but can't Anders, be sitting, yeah. this is the dream scenario, uh, mm -hmm. and this is what you want to, your clients to be. But I assume that eleven out of ten that are coming knocking on your door at the moment right now are um, struggling. They they might know who they are, but they don't know what that means. How do I translate that into communications? How does this crisis um, affect? how we talk, the timings of how we talk. Mm -hmm. What do you say, there's been several questions coming in uh, in preparation for today to ask you, should we go on with our normal communications or, or does everything have to wait during the COVID-19 crisis? Well, it depends on what your normal communication is. There are plenty of examples of, you know, campaigns that have been planned that just don't work in the current environment. You need to keep your finger on the pulse to make sure you don't damage your brand by talking about something that actually feels inappropriate, uh, of course. But what you don't want to do is just retreat into your shell and hope that things will just blow over and once we're out of this, our brand is intact. You need to, uh, to, to, have, to demonstrate a willingness to keep communicating Maybe there are other topics that are m more relevant right now. That depends on who are your stakeholders, um, what are your target groups for this communication, obviously. Uh, what do they need right now? Um, how are we affected by the ongoing crisis? You need to, uh, to be able to put as much information out there as possible in order to stop speculation, um, stop guesswork that might impact your brand. Christina, given what we were just, uh, uh, Anders was just mentioning, how, how much of some sort of normal communications mm -hmm. have you been doing ongoing mm -hmm. in order to c keep the bond and the brand uh, with your users? I mean, and that's, as you say, it's very important to keep up the communications in that sense. So. We have a, I use a community, we communicate, we have our own channels, so that's kind of ongoing. 
of course, being in mobility, you know, when you're in cities like in Paris or in Berlin, they have kind of been in lockdown and pause, so we have to communicate to our users on that. But then we also update them when we relaunch cities, when we're coming back. Um, but also, we're not just coming back. We also have had time the last few months is to also slightly readjust ourselves because you need to be fast in doing that as well. Always, I believe, in outside in. Um, so we're coming back, updated fleet, updated pricing models, hoping for more partnerships with public transport. Uh, I think here, if you look at COVID, there it's all about sustainability and social distancing. So how can you then in the new world still move in cities? And we also see that this happened so fast. Some trends are already happening, but probably that normally would have taken three years might now be three months, six months. So it's kind of very exciting. And I think also for startups is to be able to yeah, pounce on those opportunities. And this is an interesting thing. You mentioned exciting an opportunity. Mm. Um, in the midst of a crisis, mm -hmm. we're dealing with death and mm. sorrow and excitement mm. and opportunity. How do you, how do you create mm. a balance between these two mm. huge emotions yeah. and the existential, existential crisis that is so polar in a way um, and being uh, appropriate but also yeah building for the future. And I think the word appropriate also for your right stakeholders is elementary, clearly. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Europe has been in the midst of the health crisis. We still are, and we need to be very mindful of that. On the other hand, now it's also starting to merge into different economic developments within. The economy is starting slowly but surely. What is that new normal? People are wondering about that. So you have to balance, absolutely. So again, I always believe in, you always have all your stakeholders but your core message is the same. We have our creating cities for living. And then how do we tweak that to investors, to users, to activists maybe, to cities. Cities are hugely important. So you have to keep the dialogue going, so to say, but the dialogue will shift. And there, yeah, I think it's also important to be open to that and not look backwards too much. You're nodding, not looking yes. backwards too much. What do yeah, you think? No, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, I think there is room for both, right? You need, always in crisis, there, you need uh, an element of empathy in order not to appear as cold-blooded or, um, you know, mindless capitalist or whatnot. But uh, parallel to that, there is a desire for everything that instills optimism and the feeling of something going on as normal or the feeling that we will go back to normal in half a year or two years or whatever time frame you have. So anything that you can present that, that can instill that little spark of optimism, I think, can be a, a, a good thing. Not to be mixed up with, I can make a quick buck right now, of course. Uh, but as long as you keep the, uh, the empathy in, in what you say, I believe you will be fine. And I think that's an interesting point, which is the timeline, because it, it obviously differs. The activities we do today, depending on uh, if we have a time horizon of six weeks, six months, or six years, and there's an added level of uncertainty here to uh, where we're going, how do you internally, in terms of the management team, or uh, broadly, more broadly in the team, think about timelines? Mm. I mean, I think that's, uh, we're also seasonal, for example, um, so that's uh, hugely important too. Um, and, and to that point on timelines, if you look back in the last eight weeks, within four weeks, we are basically, we are offering our fleet to essential workers free of charge. So and we started to do deliveries ourselves, which might have 
maybe taken six months to come up with the idea and, do, and yet having said that within two years to get more than well close to 20 million rides we're fast we're a fast company but when it comes to communications and when you're in a crisis and when you're easing out of a crisis I think it's about continuity you must keep to the similar messages and you build upon them and have a amount of flexibility with the X factor and some companies or some people struggle more they need to know everything you know and others are more comfortable saying okay well maybe we don't know that but still we need to still run the business still communicate and still engage with people and again there is to listen in where's the topic what's happening where's the relevance if you don't have a relevance it's harder to have an impact and I think now more than ever the good stories coming out how people are, are pulling together their partnerships there's a lot of and that's even though we are in the health crisis I think there's a lot of good and I hope that the positive habits continue too. Which is uh, bridging in perfectly oh. to my next question which is uh, the habits that we will bring with us mm. post quarantine maybe it's hard to talk about it post Covid what that looks mm. like but have you guys been doing things differently or had aha moments in your work with your clients or privately that you feel this is how it should have been or what I'm going to continue to do? Well, I think there is a meeting or two that might not have existed if we were as fluent in digital communications meetings and, and um, workshops, et cetera, as we have been forced to, uh, to become. Um, but I mean, in terms of communication, you have a, a, a transition in society which is larger and faster than anything we have seen since, I won't even speculate when, you know? So uh, communication-wise, there are so many things to help people and, uh, and to help media paint a picture of how does this transform our society right now. And so that's everything from healthcare, obviously, to hard economics, to softer cultural expressions. Uh, it's, it's everywhere. So if you just look for it, there will be a lot of, of good stuff for everyone. Do you agree, Christina? Um, absolutely. And I think also one thing, um, you have the whole aspect of remote working, and I think people are societal beings. You want to be among people. So, but it will be a balance, and maybe it is not normal to work in your office five days a week. Maybe it's two, maybe it's three, so there'll be more fluidity. Uh, I think certainly also, I hope that the whole um, air, clean air continues, that people are mindful of that and that do not resort going back into cars if they want to go to a city centre, that's our risk because people do resist change and look how much we've done within two weeks, not two weeks, sorry, two months even, on adapting new technologies, doing more remote working. So we can if we have to, so I think how do we kind of uh, nurture that a little bit more and be less resistant to change potentially. And do you see that you have a role to play in that? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think uh, we've all, we are very passionate about creating cities for living. Uh, unfortunately, still a lot of city centres are built around cars. 70% of uh, areas are for cars, car parking. If we could just take more space for that for bike lanes like Paris is doing, for example, uh, they're actually doing more of it. Milan is going to start doing it. Berlin is doing it. Well, Stockholm has their summer streets as well. Uh, let's fast forward on that. And let's create more space also for kindergartens, for playgrounds, so and people can actually start to yeah, really create cities for living and that you don't need to go in a car for one person that creates quite a lot of space and sits still 90% of the time in a car parking space. 
that you have bikes, scooters, all different. You have a, a range of micro-mobility, uh, also less noise pollution. And I love this topic, and this is clearly yeah. a separate one that we can talk about mm. for hours. But if we put that in, in, uh, under the communications umbrella, mm -hmm. how adaptable or how, how do you feel that the cities are uh, absorbing mm -hmm. this message mm -hmm. whilst also dealing with death and sorrow? Mm. And back to the timing, mm. yeah. both for you, but maybe as a mm. general point mm. for companies, how do you find out when you can sow a mm. seed that will actually yeah. grow? And I think their timing is elementary. Um, there's a window of opportunity when people are kind of open for that change. Cities are open for it. But in, in you can experience. see it now. Absolutely. And um, is there a difference now, eight weeks in? Could you have done this two weeks in? I, I think but we have been doing it for quite a while. Um, and I think now it's becoming even more obvious, if you understand yeah. what I mean there. And I think communication is about repeating, repeating, and continue that discussion. Don't shy away from it, but in a constructive, upbeat way, because it ultimately should benefit everybody. Your take right. on timing as well on that? Well, I'm just sitting here wishing I was Christina, because <laughs> the, 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 the discussion, the, the, the main discussion right now, apart from the hard facts about healthcare and death, is how is society being transformed? And the most obvious visualization of that is what's going on in our cities, right? So it's, it's right up your alley and it's what you've been doing up until now as well. It just puts another focus on it. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not advising at all, but just given the empathy that I was talking about, there is not a whole lot that um, stops you from keeping building opinion on the topics that you have been covering uh, previously as well, right? So uh, the timing is important, but given the fact that we have no clue whether this is a matter of weeks, months, or, or, or years, um, you're back to, okay, what do we want society to, to look like? All good communication is really focused on society as opposed to on me as a company, right? This is not the starting point. This is the starting point. Um, and I think you can have a lot of resilience because this is the, the, the questions that really uh, what you are about. Just, just keep doing it. Yeah, there's huge opportunity. I completely agree with that. And um, we're uh, running out of time, unfortunately. So I'd like to inject one last uh, viewer's question into this, which is something I can relate to, which is, I can't take in more information. Mm -hmm. Like the news cycle, all the Slack channels, everything. So I'm alone in my home office, but I'm bombarded mm -hmm. with information in a way that I haven't been before. <gasps> How do you guys deal with it on a personal level and on a company level? Um, I, I think there, um, again, it's sometimes you need to take a bit of distance yourself and uh, also know what your priorities are. And uh, certainly when it comes uh, to news flow, I think sometimes, yeah, a com common sense, a bit of, uh, you know, uh, try and see now, here, where do you want to go? What can you control? Because if you can't control certain things, then uh, don't get too stressed out by it either, because then it's not going to be able to be not going to be able to contribute that much. So I think they're more on professional, but also on a private. Can I call note. you when my common sense? Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, do. Is out oh, the window? Yes, but it's fine. Yeah, because it's easy to say. Use your common sense. Yes, yeah. but uh, a panic mode on the long run is not going to 
it's not the solution for anybody. Of course. Uh, last top tips for uh, communicating companies. What do you think about? Initiative. Initiative. Seize and keep the initiative because otherwise everyone else will be talking about you. And that's the best case scenario. Uh, but someone else will be defining what you are about instead of you doing that yourself. It's going to be scary, but as long as you know who you are, you need to be there and say, uh, I will keep talking and keep defining who we are. I'm not going to let everyone else do that because that will affect my brand. Lovely suggestion. Christina, what's your top tip? Stay committed, stay true to what you've started out on and uh, have confidence and trust and be flexible and yeah, continually learn and be agile. Love it. Agile learning, uh, be stay relevant, take initiative, use your common sense um, and let's work towards the future that we want to build. Thank you guys for coming and continue to communicate through the crisis and we will help our startup companies survive too. All right. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks.